in the last five years, 578 people have given their lives to Jesus Christ through you and the church. And that's, that's all we know about. Think of the ones who didn't indicate it, but God's moving. Man, I'm excited about what God is doing, and you should be too. And if you don't think that God is working and moving in you, that can change today. Let me, let me catch you up to speed where we started last week. We started a brand new series called No More Excuses. Because here's the thing. You can either make excuses or you can make a difference. But you can't do both. So as, as God wants to guide you to your purpose, because you were created on purpose, to do something no one else will do, to be somebody no one else will be, as God does that, one of the number one obstacles that you will face is you. And the excuses that you come up with, why you can't or why you won't. Oh, and by the way, many times we, dis we disguise our dis excuses as reasons, don't we? If we're honest, well, the reason I can't, like, help you out is this. Or the reason I didn't show up is that. Or the reason, and, and, and we disguise it as reasons. We talked about that last week. I wrote this down. Actually, you know the, the stop sign is a big piece of this message. Because, say stop. Every time that we construct a reason in our mind, every time we come up with an excuse, here's what we're really doing. We're creating a stop sign that's not real. We're, we're, we're putting up a stop sign. Well, it's real to us, but, but it's not real. Like, you believe it's real, but it's really not. And it stops you from being who God created you to be. And it stops you from accomplishing what God called you to accomplish. We stop ourselves with our excuses. And I, I, take it from me. It's dangerous to stop when there's, when there's no stop sign. It's dangerous to stop at a stoplight that's, that's not red. Okay, I know this firsthand. So a dozen years ago, I bought my first and only brand new car. Like brand new, off the lot. You don't have to get an a air freshener that's brand new smell because it's in there. And I, I remember the purchase. You guys, this vehicle was sleek. It was black. It, it was a Ford. And you might be thinking, oh my gosh, Pastor, like a Mustang? Well, no. no was it wasn't a Mustang. Oh, it's probably like an F-150 truck, right? Well, no, it wasn't an F-150. It, was uh, it, it was a Ford Focus. Okay? Why are you laughing? Okay? Are you saying that's not a manly car? Is that what you're saying? So yeah, I, I got what I could afford, okay? I couldn't afford the Challenger. By the way, Challenger, has they normally have Hemis in them for engines. The Ford Focus had more of a hamster. I'm just being honest with you. It did, it did not have much to get up and go. But I was still happy. I had a brand new car. Three months into owning a new car, I'm driving down a road on a Friday night in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, picking up food for the family. Father of the year husband of the year and I'm going to grab food for the family and I look ahead on the road and there's no stop signs none stop lights there were a few of them but they were green so I'm driving and you know when you're driving you kind of glance maybe away for a second right you might glance at the radio and switch the station or 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 glance down at your phone okay don't you know you do don't judge me okay so I was I glanced down at something I'm not probably my phone but it wasn't long so I glanced down and when I look up, there's a car stopped when there's no stop sign. There's a car stopped. There's not even a stop uh, light. 
but it stopped. And then you know what I had to do? I stopped. Do you know why? Because I nailed the back of it at 30 miles an hour. That's why. That'll stop you. And, and if you think an airbag is like a pillow that cushions your head, no. It's like a, a sledgehammer that pops you in the nose. It would hurt so bad. So I nailed this vehicle. I roll out of my brand new Ford Focus onto the ground. And I'm like, why in the world? What is, I, I was in a daze. Like I could not figure out why they were stopped. Here, it turns out that they were turning, but they weren't in the turning lane. And I thought to myself, what kind of a moron? And I'm looking at the vehicle, and then I, I'm like, oh, there it is. Out of state. It's an out-of-state vehicle. Now, I'm not going to tell you, like, where they were from, but, I, but I'll tell you, okay? Iowa, that's where they were from. So, I, I kid you the true story, and I'm not, I'm just telling the story. They were from Iowa, and here's the kicker of this person that stopped when there's no stoplight, no stop sign. I got the ticket. Yeah, well, failure to pay attention. I said, what about being stupid? Don't they get a ticket for that? I was so ticked off. It's dangerous stopping when, there's, when you don't need to stop. It causes trouble, and it impacts people around you, and it impacts you. So, last week we said that excuses, they're, they're really lies that we tell ourselves. Right? An excuse is a lie that you tell yourself about yourself. It, it, an excuse is a lie that you tell yourself about yourself. And we disguise them as reasons, and we disguise them as, the, the, as stop signs, and they stop us. It was stopping Moses. Moses, this great Old Testament prophet. Moses, this man, if you grew up in the church at all, you've heard of the name Moses. Moses, in this encounter with God that, that we kind of started last week, you know the burning bush moment. The, the, the shrub that's on fire. And it's speaking to Moses. And it's not being burnt up, but it's just speaking to him. And God is telling, me, t- telling Moses, you have a purpose. I have a plan for you. Like, like Moses, your people, my people, the Israelites, the, the Hebrew nation, the Jewish nation, they're, they're in slavery. And I've heard their cries and I've heard their prayers. And Moses, I want to use you to go rescue them. And Moses, time after time, mm-mm. God, the reason I can't, like the lie I'm believing, the stop sign I put up. We looked at two of them last week, right? With the first one, what did he say? I don't have what it takes. Uh, like, you got the wrong guy. I don't have what it takes, God. I, I don't have what it takes. What was the other one? I don't know enough. That was stop sign number two that Moses put up. I don't know enough. I, I'm, not, I'm not smart enough. They're going to ask me questions, God. I don't have the answers. And Moses is stopping, trying to stop God from using him to live his purpose. Are you doing the same? Are you doing that in your own life? And you don't even know it. You put them up and you, don't, you see them. They're real to you. But, but they're not real. Because an excuse is a lie that we tell ourselves about ourselves. Oh, by the way, those two reasons that we just listed, those weren't the real reason that Moses didn't want to go free the people. Oh, you picked a good weekend to come to church because today you're going to hear the real reason he made an excuse. And the real reason that you and I many times make excuses. But... We're on a journey together. And before we get to the real reason, Moses has more stop signs that he needs to build. Because God continues the conversation. The bush is burning. And I said last week, listen to me. If you go home today and your plant starts itself on fire and starts speaking to you, you should lean in and listen. Okay? Or you should see a psychiatrist. One or the other. I don't know. But so Moses, we're in Exodus 4. Exodus is the second book of the Bible. 
okay? So we're early on here. Moses, Exodus 4. Moses is throwing up another stop sign. And he says, God, what if, what if, God, they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say, you're lying. The Lord never appeared to you. There ain't no burning shrub. That's, that's, you made that up. What if, say what if. I hope that's the last time you ever say it. Because here's the, here's the thing. When you say what if, we said it last week. Fear is placing your faith in what ifs. That's what you're doing. Those two words are a guaranteed stop sign. Guaranteed. What if? And how often do we say them? What if they don't like me? What if it doesn't work out? What if they don't get better? Right? What, what, if, I, what if I don't find the person of my dreams? Right? What if I don't find my soulmate, the one who completes me, that perfect person that we get together and it's nothing but joy and bliss and kisses and hugs? And all the married people said, oh, that's so cute. <laughs> yeah. My marriage was perfect, right, Jody? Until we got married. Then it changed, right? So, and it's a more me than my wife, Jody. Big surprise. It was a couple weeks ago. It was so funny. Um, Jody was a little bit, she wasn't mad, but she was a little irritated. And she said, why are there dishes in the sink? Why are, there all, why are you always putting the dishes in the sink? And, I, and she said, we have a dishwasher. You just, they should go from your hand to the dishwasher. And I said, I get it, sweetie. I tried, okay? I walked over there, but the dishwasher was full. And it was the clean dishes in there, so I put them in the sink. And then she had the audacity. You know where this is going. She had the audacity to say, well, if there's clean dishes in the dishwasher, why don't you just take them out? And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Jody, you're out of control now. I mean, stop right there. Let's go watch some TV and just relax, okay? So, it's, yeah, she was wondering why. Anyway, so marriage isn't easy, but it's worth it. What if? What if they don't take me seriously? Uh, <laughs> it's personal to me because... Uh, I'm your pastor with a past, right? And because of my past, I I tried to disqualify myself from ministry. So when God was calling me to ministry, you know what my first response was? What if the people I know back in my hometown, what if the friends I used to run with and the people that I used to hang with and the people that really know the real me, what if they don't take it seriously? Very probable. Because because pastor is, and Monty, it didn't, it didn't seem to go together, right? You know those words that don't go together? You know, jumbo shrimp, right? It just doesn't make sense. Bittersweet, Microsoft works. I mean, the things, they just don't go together. You get it? Right? Reverend Gannon. I mean, I was just like, no. This, they're going to, what if they just, I'm the, I'll be a laughing. They won't take it seriously. What if? Don't miss this. When Moses was talking to that God through that burning bush, and he said, God, what if they don't believe me? You know what he's really saying? Seriously. God, I don't believe you. Think about it. God's already assured him in the previous uh, verses, I'll be with you. I'll be for you. We'll come back to the mountain and we'll celebrate. Guaranteed victory, Moses. So, so when you say what if, you're not saying what if they don't believe you. You're saying, I don't believe God. Like, God, I don't believe you. And, and, and last week I shared a little bit of my story how I said that to God. God, I don't believe you can rescue me from addiction. God, I don't believe that you can take it from me. God, see, I believe it for you. God can change you. God can change you. And God can heal you. And God can rescue you. 
God, I just don't believe that, that, that you can change me. Where are you? Maybe you're thinking, God, I don't believe you can save my marriage. God, I don't believe that you can put our family back together. God, I don't believe that things, I don't believe it'll ever turn around. I don't believe they'll get better. I don't believe that you'll bless my finances. I'm telling you, and here's the thing. If you don't believe that God can do it, it won't happen. Guaranteed. But here's a what if for you. What if we stop saying what if? Oh, what God could do. There's a story, there's multiple stories in the word of God where people could have said what if, but they didn't. In Matthew 9, you, you should read it this week. There's your, there's your marching orders for today. Read Matthew 9. As Jesus is going through the town healing people, it's nuts. He heals a paralyzed man. He raises a girl from the dead. And then there's these two guys. And they're blind. But they're relentless. God, or, or Jesus, Master, heal us. Help us see. And they were so relentless. They followed Jesus into a place, it says in Matthew 9, 28. They went right into the house where Jesus was staying. And they asked him, or no, Jesus asked them. Remember, remember what I said? Moses was saying, God, I don't believe you. Well, Jesus asked them that question. Do you believe me? Like, do you believe that I have the power to do what you're asking me to do? God straight, or Jesus straight up asked him. And he's asking you that today, and me that today. Do you believe me? It's, it, it's, it's, it's a very difficult answer in many cases. Do you believe, Jesus said, I can make you see? And there are two words. Yes, Lord. If you will replace what if with yes, Lord, you'll never be the same. They could have said what if so easily too. They could have been sitting next to each other like, oh, Jesus, like, do you believe me? They're like, Looking at each other, I don't. What if? What if this isn't really Jesus? He's just some weirdo in sandals. What if? Like, what if he tries to heal us the way he healed that one guy, where he spit in the ground and made mud and smeared it all over his head? See, what if he does that? But they didn't say that. Yes, Lord. Those are those are two of the most powerful words you may ever say, and they're 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 welcoming. Jesus into your life to help you live your purpose. Yes, Lord, they said, we do. And what was the result? Jesus touches them, their eyes, and they're healed. And what does Jesus say? Well, it's because of you you got healed. Wait a minute, Jesus, it was you. You're the power. You're the miracle maker. You have the power. And Jesus is like, you don't, you don't understand. It's your faith that activates my power. It's your faith that activates his power. Jesus didn't say, well, it's because of me I healed you. No, he said, it's because of you. It's because of your faith. It's because of your yes, Lord. It's because you didn't say what if. That's what Jesus is saying. It's so because of your faith, it will happen. Okay, we got to get back to the story of Moses. So Moses, remember what he said? They, God, they won't believe me. So here's God's argument to that. God says, um, the Lord asks him, he says, Moses, listen to me. Like, what's in your hand? And, and, and Moses is like, I got a shepherd's staff. I'm a shepherd. I got this shepherd's uh, crook or, or stick in my hand. And uh, Moses, or God says to Moses, throw it down on the ground. And Moses chucks it on the ground, throws it down, and it turns into a snake. Moses, the Bible's so funny. It says Moses jumped back. Well, duh. I mean, you would too. It's a snake. Then the Lord said to him, reach down and grab its tail. <laughs> this is where I'm out, all right? I'm like, God, you had me up to that point, but you know what? 
you're going to have to bring in the, 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 the double because I ain't doing that. But Moses, you got to give him credit. He did it. He reached down and grabbed the snake's tail, and, and the, the snake turns back into his shepherd's staff. So why is, and then God showed him two more miracles, similar. Like, it's like God is saying, Moses, you, you need a tangible, like, you just need to see it, don't you? The, the, the shrub on fire isn't quite enough for you, so, so look what I did to your staff. Look what I can do. Like, and then the next miracle, look what I can do. And then the next miracle, look what I can do. In other words, Moses, it isn't up to you. It isn't on you. Like, it's on me, God is saying. And listen to me, that should take the pressure off of you. Like, when you step back and you know that, that, that it's not your responsibility to convince them. It's not your responsibility to change them. It's not on you to save them. That's not on you. It's on God. All that God wants from you, he just says, you know what? Do what I'm asking you to do. You know, turn your stop into go. Because God says, if you do the going, God will do the showing. It's what he does. Just go. Just turn the stop to go. I'll do it, Moses. I got out. It's me working through you. So amazing. So Moses, you, you might think, well, this is it. But it wasn't. Moses had more construction work to do. God, just give me a second. I got to build something real quick. It's amazing that this is now the fourth lie, the fourth reason, the fourth excuse, and it's lame. They're getting lamer the longer he makes excuses. Moses pleads with the Lord, Lord, stop. Stop saying go. I'm not, here's, here's the thing, God. I'm not good with my words, okay? I'm not good with my words, I never did the hooked on phonics, thank God. I don't know. I can't do it. I've never been good. I'm not good now. Even though you've spoken to me, God, I get tongue-tied. My words get tangled. Stop. Now understand something. That's not the real reason that Moses didn't want to go free the people. We'll get to that. But for now, we're going with, I get tongue-tied. And I want to say to Moses, okay, what, what parent doesn't get tongue-tied. Like, am I the only one that when I'm calling out one of my kids, I go through every name in the house, including the neighbor's names, the dog's name, the turtle's name, and finally, eventually, maybe get to the right kid. But that's just, maybe that's just me. Is that, that can't be just me. Anybody else? A few of you. A few dozen of you. Okay, good. So, I feel better. But my kids, I'll tell you what, they've helped me, they've helped me with my words. They've even helped me with my abbreviations. Remember when we started to text uh, and people start using, like, abbreviations? I remember, like, the first time I saw LOL, and I'm like, lol, lol. And then somebody walked up, and they said, hey, boomer, it's laugh out loud. I'm like, oh, that's good, that's good. And now I got them. You probably got them, too. Like, like what's the next one we have? JK, what's JK? See, you know that. Um, what's, what's BTW? By the way. Red Hot Chili Pepper song. Anyway, so by the way, TMI, what's that? And we all know that person, right? You've all got that person in your friend circle that they're TMI. They're too much information, especially on social media, right? They post and you're like, oh, God, why did they? And maybe you're thinking, well, I don't know anybody like that. Well, then you're that person, okay? Congratulations. Knock it off. So TMI, it makes us SMH, which is? You guys know all these. You know them all. Do you know the last one? L-M-A-O? What's that? Hey, oh, 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 oh. This is, this is, it is Meadows Church, but we're, we're PG-13 here. So, 
that let's, let's, I'll give you the biblical version of LMAO, laughing my arm off, okay? So that's what that is. So we know I've gotten better with my words, better with my acronyms, but Moses, he's sticking to the story. Here's what's nuts about him saying that. If you go back to the previous verses, even in Exodus 3, I wrote it down. God already, God already told Moses what to say. He gave him the words to say. Listen to this. He also promised Moses that the people would listen. Like, so, so God, I don't believe you. That's what he's saying. I don't believe you. God, Moses said they'll listen. But still Moses makes excuses and the Lord responds. And you can see the Lord's getting a little agitated with Moses. You can just tell from the context here. God says to Moses, Moses, who makes a person's mouth? Who makes the mouth, Moses? Who decides whether people speak or don't speak, hear or don't hear, see or don't see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go! It's like, Mo, it's like he's just wanting to Will Smith him. He's just like, listen to me. Sorry. I will be with you, Moses. I'll be with you as you speak. Stop calling me a liar. Because Moses, that's what you're saying at the end of the day. You don't believe me. Who makes these things? In other words, Moses, it's not on you again. I don't need your verbal skills. I don't need your communication skills. I don't need your ability, Moses. I need your availability. And God says the same thing to you. That he just needs you to show up. He'll show off. You don't need to show off. He will. You just have to show up. You just got to take this down and go from stop to go. That's what you got to do, and that's what I got to do. That's what God is saying. Oh, my gosh. We have finally made it to the real reason. We've made it to the real reason. The fifth time God speaks to that shrub, God, he says it. The truth finally comes out. No more lies, no more reasons, no more becauses. But you fi we're finally going to get it. And this is it. This is what he says. Verse 13, Moses pleads again, Lord, please send someone else. Send, I love it, anyone. I don't care who you pick. Just don't pick me. So, so what is he saying? They're, they're, what do we see here? It's not an excuse anymore, is it? He's not sugarcoating it anymore. He's finally being straight with God. God, you know what he's saying? I don't want to do it. I don't want to do this. See, what we realize with Moses, like, the, the, the heart of the matter was a matter of the heart. It wasn't that he couldn't speak. It wasn't that he, they wouldn't believe him. It wasn't that he didn't know the answers. I don't want to do it, God. I didn't want to say that because it sounds kind of crass, but I'll be honest with you. I, I'm not, I don't want to do it. Find someone else. And isn't that, if we're honest... God, I don't want to play church. I love just being the church and being real with each other. Because if we're honest, we've all done this. It's like, God, I, I, I'm not taking that step because I don't want to do your will. I want to do mine. I don't want to do your way. See, God, your way is a little bit more difficult. I'm pretty comfortable. You keep calling me out. I don't want to go there on a Sunday morning. I don't want to serve. I don't want to give. I don't want to do it. I know what the word says, but I want to do it my way. I don't want to do it your way. God, I know we're supposed to love people and I should be talking to my neighbors. But God, honestly, I hate people, okay? I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. So the excuse, and this is big, 
Excuses, you know what they really are? Excuses are an excuse. Excuses are an excuse to live our will instead of God's will. There, there you have it. Cut to the chase. Stop with all the, all the other stuff and all the other reasons. This is what it is. And we've all been there. I'm not doing it, God. I don't want to reach out. I don't want to do I don't want to. I like the way it is. I don't want to quit the addiction. I know it's hurting some other people, but you know what? In the moment, I kind of like how it feels. Uh, honestly, God, is that, what, you want me to lie? I've already lied a bunch. I'm going to tell the truth now. I don't want to stop spending. I don't want to stop eating. I don't want to. I, I, I know that I'm not the best parent, but I'm good enough. I don't want to change. Okay, God? Because that requires work, and that requires effort, and I'd rather do this. I want what I want. And isn't this what we've been, what we've been saying since the beginning of time? God, I know that we can eat out of any tree, and that's your will, except eating from that tree. But that's what I want. And, and, and I don't care what you want right now, because that's what I want. And I might even know it's not even the best thing for me, but I don't care. Because I'm going to live for today. And I'm going to live in the moment. Because that's what I want. I, let's just be honest. Moses, epic Moses, biblical Moses, right? Faithful Moses. At the end of the day, God, send anybody else get out of here leave me alone i'm a shepherd i like what i do it's pretty simple i get a tend to sheep there's no there's no worrying about pharaoh getting killing me or worrying about leading a bunch of people through a desert and they're complaining i don't want to do it i don't want to do it god i've been there my behaviors my reactions my overreactions procrastination neglect avoidance and we believe the biggest lie that somehow that our way is better. Many times it's easier. Yep, I don't doubt that. God's way normally isn't real easy. It's just, it's just purpose-filled. It's just abundant. It's just life-changing. It's not going to be easy to lead a million-plus people out of slavery. I never promised easy, Moses. My way is better than God's. And as soon as I believe the biggest lie that that, that, that that is the case, other lies flow from it. That's the biggest lie, that somehow my way is better. My way is my way, God, and I'll do that over your way. I'm sorry. And then we start to believe all the other lies, all the other stop signs. I, uh, you wrote them down last week. Many of you did. If you, if you weren't here last week or you weren't watching online, uh, many people at the end of the service, we had them write down... Uh, stop signs that they're believing that aren't real we had them write down excuses that they're making that are holding them back we, we had them write down you and me write down reasons that we're giving lies that we're believing and i'm so proud every one of you that did that and you marched up here and put it in a bus a bucket and i got to pray over it i love it i'm so proud of you because the first step is always the hardest but if you took that step Man, it's bigger than you know. But it's like that word bittersweet. It, it's sweet because you took a step. But as I read that, I'm like, man, the lies that we bought into. It, it, and I'll read some. They're just a random collection of the responses, some of the main ones that I heard people give or, or people wrote down. I'll read them, of course, anonymously. But these are common that were written on the card. As, you, as I read these to you, I need you to reflect. I need you to ask yourself, that's what, I, that's what I've been believing. Wait, that's, you have the same stop sign I have. 
Some of you, you know what you're going to think? Well, that's crazy. That's insane. How could you believe that about yourself? How could you believe that about others? But I'm telling you, when you're in the lie, you don't know it's a lie. It, this, the, some of these will seem absurd to some of you. But they're real to the person that wrote it down. Understand that. Huh. The first one, I didn't write this one, but I could have. Wow, it starts with me. I can't overcome addiction. I'm too stupid. I'm too fat. I'm too ugly. I'm too weak. I'm not smart enough. I don't have enough time. I'm too anxious. I'm too messed up. I'm not good enough. I don't work hard enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not faithful enough. I don't deserve it. I don't have enough money. I'm too tired. I'm too sick. I have to put my work first. I have to. I can't help but eat too much. I don't love strong enough. I'm not affectionate enough. These are what you wrote. I'm not wanted. I'm not needed. There's so many people. I can't make a difference. I will never change. I was raised this way. Past trauma, it defines me. I'm too emotional. I'm weak-minded. Oh, I could go on for quite a while. There's only a couple left, though. And these last two just get me. I mean, they all get me, but... I'm not worthy of God's love. I'm not worthy of a purpose. An excuse is a lie that we tell ourselves about ourselves. You listen to those, and some of you are like, yeah, I totally, I totally can relate to that. Others are like, man, that's crazy that they would even write that down. But if it's real to them, they'll act accordingly, and so will you, and so will I. Excuses. Excuses. They tell you who you aren't. Your excuses, those things that we read, those reasons, those becauses, they tell you what you can't do. What we need to do is we need to stop trying to stop God and start believing that with God, all things are possible. That, that I can do all things through Jesus who gives me strength. Those are the truths that we need to believe. Forget the lies. What I just read to you, that is false information. So what do we do? We replace lies with what? Yeah, Yes, Lord is right. You replace it with yes, Lord. You replace it with truth. His name's Jesus. Well, here's what's crazy about Moses. Moses murdered a guy. Moses, like, called God a liar multiple times. You're lying. I don't trust you. Send, send somebody else. Have somebody else killed, God. I know what you're up to. I'll do my thing. You talk to God that way? Yet Moses is in heaven. How do you know? 
Read the scriptures. Heck, Hebrews, New Testament book. In Hebrews 11, there's the hall of faith, and it lists people. They are jacked up. It's like it's listing Meadows Church. It's like, wow, these people are screwed up. But yet they're, they're, they're in the hall of faith. Moses. It doesn't say Moses the murderer. Moses calling God a liar. Mo Moses the stop sign maker. Moses the excuse maker. It doesn't say any of that. You know how God describes Moses in Hebrews? A man of faith. A man who led, because he did, he finally went. And he would lead the Israelites out of slavery. Even after making excuse after excuse, lie after lie, reason after reason, stop sign after stop sign, God selects him still. I love that God selects who man rejects. God, if you feel like a reject, welcome home. You found your church home. If you know you're not okay, welcome home. You found your church home. God selects him and said, I'm still going to use you. You make me mad. Man, I want all, you know, but I'm going to use you. You're going to lead him out. I use broken people to do beautiful things. The hall of faith. Hebrews is crazy. The book of Hebrews, it's weird because it's really, I think, the only book of the Bible that they, they can't nail down the author. They have, the scholars have guesses, but they don't know for sure who penned it. God, God penned it, but they don't know who God used to actually write it down. But in Hebrews, the whole, the whole context of the book is this. The author is trying to get us, this group of Christians, new Christians, right, to, to, to not let the difficult season they're going through, to not let them make excuses to stop following God, to stop pursuing Jesus, to stop spreading the good news. The author is saying, stop, don't make stop signs. Stop making excuses. Remember. Remember what you're doing. Remember who it's for. Remember who, who called you. And I love it because there's people here today that, that, that you, are, you are being attacked. And, and you're ready to give up. You're ready to give in. And there's an area of your life where you're believing lies and you put up stop signs. And the, the writer of Hebrews, he didn't just write it for the, those, that selective Jewish people, but he wrote it for you and I. Listen to what he says. Listen to how he or she, we don't know the author, encourages them. Hebrews 12, I'm going to give you just a few verses. Therefore, listen to me, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. Do you know who the author is talking about? Moses and, and, and Rahab, a prostitute, who's in the hall of faith. That gives me hope. You're, we're surrounded by a great host of witnesses. So therefore, here's what we need to do. Okay, Put your sign down. Strip it away. Strip off every weight that slows you down, that hinders you. Especially the sin. And you know what's holding you back. Especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run. Right? We're not stopping. We're going. Let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. How? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Here's how. Right in the word. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. Fixing your eyes on truth. He has a name. Fixing your eyes on Jesus, the champion. I love that word. The champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Did you hear that? Oh, it gets, it gets even better. Because of the joy awaiting him, Jesus... Now, this is going to seem insane to most of us. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured a cross. He endured being 
nailed to it and murdered on it. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross disregarding its shame. Do you know what that's saying right there? Because of the joy awaiting Jesus. Do you know the joy that was awaiting Jesus that he would endure the cross? You. You're the joy. You're who he had on his mind when he was on the cross. You. The joy to know that you could be set free. The joy to know that you could rip, rip these all up. The joy in replacing all the lies with all the truth, which is him. The joy, the joy beyond the cross is why he endured the cross. And the author then says, finally, now Jesus is seated at a place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured. And it was a lot. Think of all the, all the sinful people he endured. Think about what Jesus did. And then you won't grow weary. And then you won't give up. See, God brought you here because some of you are ready to give up in an area or maybe with life altogether. You're the joy set before him. You're, you're the, to him, you're the prize. That's why he ran his race. That's why he went to the cross. Fix your eyes on him. No more lies. You know, the note cards that I read to you, there was one truth. Everything else was, was a lie they were believing, that you were believing or I was believing. There was one truth, and they nailed it. I'm not good enough. And I'm not. And neither are you. But that's why a man named Jesus would endure a cross. Because being good isn't good enough. Knowing Christ is enough. This is the gospel. So... I need you to lean into this. Here's what I thought in my head this week as I prayed for you in this message. Because the scenario that God drew up in my mind was this. You'll leave here today and, you, and you'll do whatever you do on a Sunday. And here's the scenario I want you to imagine. As you're out on your Sunday, or maybe you're watching this two years from now on a Wednesday, whatever day it is. You're out and you run into an old friend. Maybe it's an old friend that you were close to in high school. And you, you reconnect really quickly. You haven't seen them in a long time. And they drill you with, with news that devastates you. And they're devastated. And they share with you that they'd recently been to the doctor. They'd been diagnosed with, diagnosed with stage 4 cancer. And they're dying. And soon they'll be dead within, barring a miracle from God, they'll be dead within weeks. And, and you're blown away. You're like, my God. I can't, you don't even know what to say, but you don't have to say anything because they're doing all the talking. And the person says to you, your friend says to you, your high school buddy says, you just went to a church this morning, didn't you? You just, you just, you just experienced like, you went to Meadows and you're like, yeah, I was just there. Okay, they're, they're, tell me about it. Like, like, how do I know that where I'm going? Because I know I'm dying and I'm scared and I don't know what to do and I don't know if I've been good enough. And, and, and what are you going to tell them? Do you know what you would say? If you don't, well, you lean into what I'm about to tell you, what God about, is about to tell us. See, my biggest, one of my biggest fears is that, not fears, but concerns, we wouldn't know what to say. And nothing is more important. And my, here's what I would have said years ago. Oh my God, I'm so sorry you're going through that. I'm so sorry. I'm going to pray for you, and I would. Um, God loves you, and he does. And you know what? I, 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 I don't know what you've done recently, but I knew you growing up. And you were a good guy. You were a good friend. You treated people good. You're good. 
You've done great things. I'm sure you've screwed up and done bad things. I have too. But God is love and God forgives. So you're good. And you've completely given a false gospel. Because none of that is the answer. Well, God is good. You hit, you hit that part right. But here's the, here's the answer. I'm going to give it to you. Here, oh, lean into this. It doesn't matter whether you're good or bad because none of you are good and neither am I. Compared to God's standard, we're all bad. We're all messed up. That's why Jesus went to the cross. If you were good and I was good, the cross wasn't necessary. But because we're not, Jesus says, I, they're jacked up, God. Father, I'm going. And God's like, go do it. And Jesus gets up on a cross and dies. A perfect person, a perfect man, a perfect God. Dies a, a, a criminal death and takes our place. Because we deserve punishment. The Bible says you deserve punishment and so do I for our, our, our sin and our messed up. And we want our will instead of God's will. And Jesus said, don't hold it against them, God. I'm going and I'm going to die. And I'm perfect. So it covers them all. And all they need to do is believe in me. Just believe that I'm Jesus, the son of God, and that I died for your sins. Accept it. Like, my God, you're my joy set before me. Accept what I've done. Ask me to forgive you. I'll do it. Uh, ask me to make you new. I'll do it. Believe that I was sent by God. Believe that I died on a cross. And most importantly, believe what happened three days later. Because three days later, I was no longer dead. But the King of kings and Lord of lords brought himself back to life. And if he can take a bloodstained cross and turn it into an empty tomb, he can take what's dead inside of you and bring it back to life. It's what he wants to do. I forgot to tell you something about your stop sign, by the way. Every time we do this, I wrote it down for you. The stop signs that, we are do that we're creating, every, it's, it's robbing you. And it's robbing the world of you. That's what they're doing. The joy set before Jesus, he endures a cross. He took a punishment that you and I can't take. So, so here's what you say to your friend. I, 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 don't, I don't even care what you've done. I don't care where you, listen to me. There's a guy I heard about in church today, Moses. Dude killed people. He killed somebody. You know what the pastor said? Moses is in heaven. So here's what I know. It, it must have nothing to do with like what you've done because what's worse than murder, right? And a murderer is in heaven. So, so it's not about what you've done. He says something about it's who you know. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, he said Jesus is the key. The son of God is the key. And he said that if you believe it, he's the son of God. And he died on a cross for me. And he rose from the dead for me. If you believe it and you ask him to come into you and make you new, he will forgive you. And then the Holy Spirit lives in you. That's what he told me. Do you want to do it now? I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not a pastor, but I know that much. I just learned it today. Let's pray together. And you pray and he asks for forgiveness. And he believes in Jesus. And he repents, which means, oh, I want to live differently. I don't have much time left, but I know that God's doing something in me through Jesus. And salvation has come to his home today. That's how you're saved. You're saved by God's grace through your faith. Just how the two blind men were healed. They were healed by their faith. If they don't exhibit faith, they're not healed. If you don't exhibit faith in, in Jesus Christ, you're spiritually dead. That means hell is your home. Hell is your home. But I just brought you good news of great joy. It don't have to be that way. You just have to believe in Jesus. Believe that he died and rose. And let the grace of God, ah, the joy set before him, cover you. Someone else paid your debt. You, 
And the Bible starts to give promises to those that are saved. And I love what the Bible says. I wrote a few of them down. Uh, someone gave me a promise book last week. Love reading it. We need to know the promises of God. Here's what it says. When you call on the name of Jesus, some of you are going to do that today. And you're going to indicate it on a card or you're going to indicate it online. I don't care how you do it. Tell us so we can celebrate. I'm a bad person. Praise God. Praise God you're here. I just gave you the greatest news in the world. You are a new creation. If you will call on his name, ask him to come into you and make you new, and you truly, I mean, you mean it. You ain't playing a game. You're not just praying a prayer, but it's here, not just here. You are a new creation is what the word of God says. You are Christ's representative to the world. You're filled with the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Oh my gosh, that's a powerful spirit. That's a good spirit. You're forgiven. Your sins have been washed away. You are more than a conqueror. Isn't that good news? That more than a conqueror, I've said that numerous times because it's in the word of God. It stopped me in my tracks this week. It did. It hit me. I didn't get it. What do you mean more than a conqueror, God? Like, I, under, I understand we are victorious. We are conquerors. But I didn't understand more than a conqueror. And then it hit me. It hit me. Here's, here's what God showed me. More than a conqueror, which if you're in Christ, you are. More than a conqueror doesn't mean you just won. That you just won. It actually means that somebody won on your behalf. That's what it means. See, his name is Jesus, and he is victorious, which means that you're victorious. So you don't have to fight for victory anymore. You need to fight from victory and own the fact that Jesus Christ has already won the battle. The enemy has already been defeated. And if that excites you, it should. And you should shout, and you should clap, and you should give God praise. God if you can resurrect a murderer like Moses and make him some biblical giant and put him in the hall of faith, well, you could probably change a drug addict like me and a cheater like you or a thief like you or a liar like you and me. And whatever you're doing, you could put in the blank. <laughs> it doesn't disqualify you from the grace of God. It actually qualifies you for the grace of God. And that's not a, the, oh, I'm gonna be, I can go sin and do what I want. No, 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 that means it's not here. If that's your thought, it's not here. I want to pray for you. Five years, God has used you. He's changed you. And you were sitting there like, he hasn't changed me. You keep coming. You keep leaning in. You get the word of God in you. You get truth in you. You will change. Father, I can't articulate. God, I don't have the words. I get a little tongue-tied talking about you and your grace. God, I, I, I could probably speak for most everybody here when, I, when we say that we've thrown up stop signs. We've thrown up, we've thrown up reasons. We believed lies that, that we're not worth anything, that we'll never change. I'll always be a, a, a bad parent I'll always be uh, filled with anger. I'll always screw up. I'll always do the, do the drinking. I'll always do the drugs. I'll always hurt others. I'll always fall short. 
God, we're, we're not going to believe it anymore. It's not about what we haven't done. It's about what you have done. Yeah, we've done bad things, God. You know all of them. And they honestly are, are they fill us full of shame and guilt. But we don't have to carry that anymore today. Because of the cross and the joy set before you, you were, you, well, you allowed others to murder you. That was part of your, that's crazy, that's part of your plan, God. But it had to be, you had to die so we could live. <laughs> I forgot to put up one more acronym, one more abbreviation that we'll use sometimes in our texting, God. Y-O-L-O, -O, YOLO. Well, that stands for you only live once. Well, that's another lie, God. The truth is we live twice. The life here that we're living right now in our real life that starts when this one ends. My prayer for everybody watching online, everybody in the room, is that they've been given a clear representation of how you can change a man named Moses and use him for the glory of God and his purpose. That means you could do it to us. And that if you could save a murderer named Moses and he's, he celebrates with you today in a place called paradise, that, that you could save us. Not by anything we do, but by our faith and your grace. When they collide, new life begins. God, I pray that people lean into that truth. Throw down the stop signs. Believe in Jesus. Believe he is our only hope. Sell out to him. Because if I do and they do, God, the next five years, they'll be greater than the last five years. Hey, I want to thank you so much for watching today, but don't stop there. I want to invite you to like or subscribe to this channel so you don't miss a single video, update, or message. But not only that, share this message with a friend. I mean, there are so many people out there hurting, struggling, and you have the ability to make an impact in their life. And finally, if, you're, if you live in the Omaha area, I want to encourage you, come join us on a weekend service. We would love, love to meet you. God bless you.